You're listening to another New Hope Chapel podcast. Like many churches, we celebrate Advent here. And so for the, first, for the four weeks leading up to Christmas, we light a candle and talk about a, an aspect of the Christmas story. Now, most churches will talk about the prophecies and the angels and the shepherds and Mary and then Jesus. And here at New Hope Chapel, we kind of do whatever we want. So last year, we talked about the women in Jesus' genealogy. And this year, we decided to talk about four men that are part of the Christmas story, that have some sort of role in the Christmas story. And because we're talking about men, um, I decided to compare them to baseball players. I hope that's okay. So we started off the first week of Advent talking about um, Zechariah, the team captain. Zechariah, he was the priest the year that Jesus was born. Elizabeth's husband, which Cindy's saying about. I'm having some candle malfunctions here. There we go. So um, Zechariah was the high priest. And even though he was closer to God in, 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 just, uh, in a way that he was a mediator between God and man, much like the captain. I've got a lighter. <laughs> All right, well, here. So I always say, like, I get, I, get a, I get a little anxious when technology malfunctions. I, didn't, I never thought I'd be talking about candles. There we go. All right. Modern technology. All right. So anyways, we talked about, we talked about Zechariah the captain. And thanks, Rick. And we um, compared him to the, a captain on a team. He was the mediator between God and man, much like a captain was the mediator between the team and the officials. But Zechariah had a trouble believing God, believing God's miracle for him. And so God benched him. He made him mute, much like a coach might bench a captain. And for nine months, Zechariah couldn't talk, couldn't share about what the Lord had put on his heart. But when he was done, he was ready to participate in the Advent story. Then we looked at his son, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was sort of like the leadoff hitter. He was the guy who was meant to get on base. You know, the the leadoff hitter is not the power hitter. He's the one who's fast, the one who's consistent. And John the Baptist, in the same way, was the forerunner for Jesus. So when, and John the Baptist had his own ministry, but when Jesus' ministry came on, John the Baptist looked and said, there's the man. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I'm not worthy to even tie his sandals. And after John the Baptist, we looked at another man, a man who's briefly mentioned in Scripture, Simeon. Simeon's kind of like the franchise veteran, the old guy on the team, the guy who's been waiting to win that championship. Simeon was there at the temple when Jesus was dedicated on his, when Jesus was eight days old. And Simeon was living for one promise. The Lord had told him that he would see the Messiah before he died. So when Jesus comes into the temple, Simeon grabs him and raises him and prophesies over him because it's like a weight lifted off of his shoulder, just like we see Guys who've played their whole careers waiting to hold up that trophy. Simeon is that franchise veteran. And then last week we looked at Joseph on Sunday. Joseph was sort of like the pinch hitter, the guy who was asked to sacrifice. 
If you think about it, Joseph sacrificed so much. He was asked to marry a woman who was with child. He was asked to adopt a son. When Jesus' life was threatened by Herod, he moved his family to Egypt, a foreign country, and lived there until the threat was over. Joseph gave up so much of his life to raise Jesus, even though, even though sometimes the, the, the pinch hitter, the, the one that's asked to sacrifice, even though it doesn't help their stats any, they understand that the game is bigger than themselves, and Joseph did as well. And tonight, tonight we light the center candle, and we focus on Jesus. Jesus is the game changer. When I think about game changers in baseball, I can't help but think about this guy, Jackie Robinson, number 42. We celebrate him not because he was just a great baseball player. Sure, rookie of the year, led his team to six World Series in 10 years of playing. I mean, he had a phenomenal career. We celebrate him because he changed the game, because he entered on the field when no other black player was allowed, and he played, and he played well, and we celebrate that. We celebrate the fact that the game has changed forever. You know, I was thinking about this. this my Facebook wall has been blowing up this week, and it's been blowing up because of this guy here. <laughs> Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. And you're looking at, and for those of you who may have not heard, I'm not sure how, but if you may have not heard, Phil Robertson, star on Duck Dynasty, he, he, his show is on A&E. Um, he, was in, he was interviewed by GQ magazine. He shared his thoughts about homosexuality. GQ published it. A&E, you know, people were upset by it. A&E decided to suspend him definitely, and the world just blew up. So everyone has an opinion, whether it's about Phil, Phil Robertson and or, or they're blaming A&E, or they're blaming GQ, or they're blaming President Obama. They're blaming everybody. Everyone is upset about something in this story. But I want to share with you something about this story. I want to share with you something he said, because I, I don't think it came out in the interview, maybe because it wasn't published, maybe because it wasn't articulated, I don't know. But Phil Robertson quoted from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 when he said this. He says, Neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You look at that and you think, here's Jesus, here's this guy who's supposed to be so loving, we're celebrating his birth, and, and a man who was all about love, this seems awfully condemning, doesn't it? Well, I want to share with you about a little bit about this story when Paul wrote these words. Paul was writing to a church in Corinth. It was a church that was, in, it was part of the Roman Empire. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Roman Empire in the first century, but it, it was a very filthy place. We think we have problems. They had real problems. They had lots of problems, and they celebrated a type of evil. So here, Paul was writing to this church, these people that embraced Jesus, that wanted Jesus in their life, but were still engaged in some really disgusting behavior. And Paul says to them, he says these words, he says, don't you know that these people won't inherit the kingdom of heaven? But then he goes on to say something else. He goes on to say, and that is what some of you were. See, Paul's point is not to tell us who is or who isn't going to heaven. Paul's point is to tell us 
that we're free not to call ourselves certain things. Because Paul goes on to say, but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. In our society, we, have, we do something. We label ourselves by our sins and by our problems. I mean, think about it. We label ourselves, we, call, we, we say this person is a, a sex offender, or this person is an alcoholic, or this person has this disease, or has this disease, to the point where it becomes our identity. And what Jesus came to do was he came to say, those things do not have to define who you are. You are free not to be defined by those things, by those labels, those labels that society puts on you. You are free not to be defined by that. There was a moment in Jesus' ministry where the religious leaders brought this woman who was caught committing adultery to Jesus. And they said to her, the law tells us that we should stone her, so what should we do, Jesus? And like many times, they were trying to trick Jesus. They were putting him into, two corner, into a corner and, and giving him two options. Either, number one, we stone her, we condemn her because she is a sinner and she deserves to die. Or else, we ignore the sin and the problem and everything else. And, and Jesus, like he does so many times, picks that third option. The third option that wasn't given to him. And so he turns to the religious leaders and he says to them, he says... He says, you who are without sin, go ahead and cast the first stone. And they wait. And they begin to drop the stones. And they begin to walk away. So Jesus turns to the woman and says, where are those that condemned you? Well, they're gone. Nobody's here. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. See, what he's saying there isn't that I'm not going to put you to death. He's saying more than that. He's saying, I'm not going to label you. I'm not going to label you the way the world labels you, as a sinner. I see much more than that. I refuse to do that. Jesus gives us the freedom not to be labeled. And so he says, I don't label you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Why sin no more? Because you don't have to. Because you're no longer ruled by that sin. Your life is changed. Jesus was the game changer. He was the game changer the moment he came into this world. Every prophecy that was ever spoken was spoken about a day when the slaves would become free, when salvation would come to all. And that is the message of Jesus, is that he changes lives. He forgives us so that we can also forgive others, but also, probably more importantly, so that we can forgive ourselves. Because sometimes it's ourselves we have the hardest time forgiving. Sometimes others won't throw the labels on us, but we will gladly call ourselves certain things and define ourselves by our sin. And Jesus gives us the forgiveness and the freedom not to do that. Jesus changed lives, didn't he? 
Everything he touched, he changed. He changed Joseph. He changed Mary. He changed water into wine, for goodness sakes. He changed blind men so they could see, and deaf men so they could hear, and the lame to walk, the lepers. And most importantly, he changed the way people see themselves. He changed us. I think there's two misconceptions about Jesus that often get relayed. And I want to clear that up. First of all, a lot of times we think that we have to be perfect to follow Jesus. And that's just not true. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. These people that followed Jesus during his lifetime certainly weren't perfect either. And the second thing, the second thing is that Jesus has no interest in changing us, as though he would accept us and just kind of pat us on the back and say, the status quo is great, continue doing what you're doing. The reason why people follow Jesus wasn't so they could maintain the status quo. It's because Jesus offered something life-changing. And if you think about it, we celebrate people, not who maintain status quos. We celebrate the people that change the game. We celebrate the Jackie Robinsons, and we celebrate the people that break records, that make us think differently, that challenge our perceptions of, about the world. Jesus is celebrated because he has changed lives, lives here in this room, lives around the world. He's changed the world, but he's changed people. He's changed the way we think, the way we think about ourselves. I've been really thinking about this a lot lately. And saying, okay, well, Jesus, you are the master. You obviously have, I mean, the things that you say, we, we just looked at the I am statements and these incredible revolutionary claims about who Jesus is. And if that is true, then they still are true today. If that was true for Jesus, then they're still true today. So my kind of quest is thinking, okay, Lord, who are you? And what do you have for me? Here at New Hope Chapel, we're going to begin kind of a a quest to understand that question. We're going to look at Jesus' seven revolutionary claims that he made. We're going to look at seven miracles that he performed, seven discourses that that he taught. All in a quest to understand who is this Jesus and what does he have for me. I want to show you a quick video kind of introduce this and as you as you're watching this video think about those questions who is this who is this Jesus and what does he have for me so for from January 5th to April 20th this is something Easter where this is something we're going to do and and if you attend a different church you can you feel free to listen to our podcast online if you don't attend church let me welcome you um, here and um, we would love to go on this quest with you and it's not about your money so leave your wallets at home This is about getting to know the real Jesus. This is about finding what all of these other people found. It doesn't matter if if you follow Jesus for a few days or a few years or if you're still questioning who Jesus is or you follow him your whole life. This is a matter, a time to get to know who the real Jesus is. Because if he is the master, if he truly is the master of perfection, the master of quality, the master of goodness, the master of grace, the master of healing, the master of time and space. It speaks so much to us. I want to get into that kitchen 
with the master chef, right? I want, I want to be in his kitchen with his tools, learning from him. That's where I want to be. I don't want to come out of this the same person. If I'm on a quest to learn who this Jesus is, I want everything about me to change. And I hope that you might join with me in that quest. Thank you for listening to New Hope Chapel's podcast. Located in Arnold, Maryland, New Hope Chapel is a small expression of the much larger body of Christ that spans across the world. We're a group of believers helping each other on our lifelong journeys to become like Jesus. While we have a variety of distinctives that make us a unique church, our main desire is to be God's church, to love Him, follow Him, to learn from Him, to let Him lead us and change our lives. We are His disciples, and He is our rabbi. Join us in the story that God is writing called New Hope Chapel. To learn more about our church, visit us at newhopechapel.org or check us out on Facebook slash newhopechapelmd. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and iTunes. Music kindly provided by the least of these. Thanks again for listening and God bless.